This podcast is powered by The Plug. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Another episode of Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey Podcast. Man, we got a special show today. It is episode eight, so this is the last uh, uh, episode of the season. Excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied. Uh, last episode of the season. Uh, we got a special guest in the building today. We got Angry Principal in the building. He's off camera, though, uh, but he's uh, he's here, though. I got my man, Bo, holding it down. I see. And, of course, it's your boy, Q Lewis, and we are holding it down live from the 48205. Today, man very special occasion all right mm-hmm. uh, we spoke about this on the first episode all right when we was talking about jack daniels so we talked about uh you know the the slave who actually showed jack daniel how to distill whiskey and here we have it it's uncle nearest all right and we told you at the at the beginning of the first episode that we were going to round out the whole season with this this lovely product here and uh, in case you didn't remember the uh, first episode make sure you do go back to eblockradio.com and check out all of the replays all right but now we're going to get back to Uncle Nears. And also, again, today we have a special treat. We are going to actually rate all eight of the uh, whiskeys that we had, that we uh, taste tested uh, throughout the year. So that's going to be fun, too. So uh, thank you for joining us, right? Now, also, don't forget, if you are following the podcast, to make sure that you do subscribe to the YouTube page. The link is down at the bottom. And uh, also, too, follow the hashtag, Everyone Loves BBW. All right? <laughs> make sure you follow that. Um, so... Let's get back to it, uh, Uncle Nearest, right? Um, so, Bo, I know we talked about the the history of it before. So, uh, give the people a little refresher on you know who Uncle Nearest is. Yeah, from very high level. Again, Uncle Nearest is the slave that uh, basically was loaned out to Jack Daniels to to show him how to distill whiskey, right. know, how to make whiskey, um, recipe processes, and all that good stuff, right? And then, obviously, Jack Daniels went on to become, you know, an iconic American brand. Exactly. So, this isn't from his family, but, you know, uh, they definitely pay homage and respect to his family. Uh, a young lady by the name of Fawn Weaver. Yes. Kind of her... Uh, salute to Fawn Weaver. Yeah, definitely salute yeah, to Fawn Weaver uh, for her efforts or whatnot to bring this back out there and pay homage to, to his legacy. So, um, you know, obviously, that's not all the details, but, you know, from a very high level, that's kind of... What this is uh, all about, for sure, and and I think I mentioned this. At least I know I mentioned it every every show. It seems like uh, we talk about just the uh, the lineage when it comes mm. to to liquors and, and that kind of thing, and especially whiskeys. But I think this is very important, not just for uh, you know the family of the original distiller, uh, but also for the black community. Just like uh, I think yesterday uh, we shared a. Uh, a column from I think it was USA Today was it? Uh, oh yeah, the, uh, about marketing about, bourbon to black folks. Yeah. Exactly. So and, and the crazy mm-hmm. thing is that's why I think that this show is so important because there are plenty of us who actually indulge in bourbons and whiskeys. Right. But it's like the marketing doesn't even touch that at all. So how how crazy is that though? So the fact that it's not even marketed for us, but we still enjoy it. So I guess my question is, how do we tap into that? Like, do we tap into that, or are we just like the? I mean, because I, I feel like once they really figure out that, that we're really drinking bourbon and whiskey, then at that point we will be exploited hey. in the marketing. So how do we jump on that, though? By the, doing this show. So and doing, did. And for, <laughs> right, for all we hey, hey, definitely. Hey, definitely. The Black Bourbon Society, you know, uh, yes. organizations like that, you know. Salute the, to the Black Bourbon Society. You know, uh, you and myself, and Angry Principal, and whoever else out there is doing a bourbon podcast. For sure. You know, for, sure. Uh, for black folks, you know, just yeah. all kinds of different perspectives, man. So, yeah. um you know, if, if, this, if it's not there for us, you know, just kind of like Gotta make, make our own way. You know what I mean? Make our own way. Yeah. I mean, the stereotype right now is that black people only drink cognac. So right. the yes. is mm-hmm. dark liquor, but not necessarily bourbon. So now yes. that we're actually right. stepping into the bourbon realm, 
people are starting to figure out, oh, they do have different tastes, and now they're mm-hmm. trying to market that way. So, yeah, now is the time you're going to take advantage of it, get involved. Exactly. Definitely, exactly. exactly. That word spoken by a true uh, connoisseur there. Definitely. And, and it, just to piggyback on what you had said about, um, I think that I've said this plenty of times throughout the year on this podcast, and that was just about how drinking whiskey and bourbons is kind of like, uh, kind of like the golf course and kind of like cigar bars where it puts you into like a, a different circle of people. And I know I say this a lot about possibly venturing into uh, some of our white counterparts uh, circles. But at the end of the day, I think this also gives us an opportunity to create our own circle. So like when I've said that all year, I don't want you to get it mistaken. Like this is a way to get out of the black circle. I think this is a chance for us to create our own black elite circle. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's a, a way to say it. And just by having this, uh, this whiskey, I think it's very important for us just so we have something to identify with. And this is this is a crazy notion, right? We're going to get into some stuff in a minute. But just the, the fact that you can actually grow up and utilize so many products and so many services without ever having any representation of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How crazy is that, though, right? Like, I think we take that for granted because, like, white people... And, you know, not to put white people on blast, but we're putting white people on blast. And <laughs> just to, to know that, that you're able to, anything that you want to do, you can find a white person who's who's done it. So, like, you can identify with something. Like, when, you, when you're black, though, it's like... We really have a, we really have. For real, like the pioneers, like <laughs> yeah, trailblazers, like for real. That is yeah. crazy though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 2020, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's crazy. The, the fact that we can indulge in so many things and never see a representation of ourselves. Like that's just, that's, I don't know. I don't, it's almost disheartening. I was going to say amazing, but it's not amazing. It's disheartening. <laughs> it's almost sickening, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what to say about that. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, another day, maybe uh, maybe the next season. Uh, also, don't forget, maybe around the middle of the uh, episode, we're going to break down our uh, our eight liquors and we're going to tell you which ones that we like the most, which ones we like the least. Uh, we'll we'll get some input from uh, from Angry Principal. Actually, we'll show him the list and see. He might want to create his own list mm-hmm. on, on that point and see what's going on there. <laughs> But uh, you know what time it is now, though? Time to break open the Uncle Nearest. <laughs> yep, gotta go ahead and give it a little spank on the bottom. <laughs> so, Avery Principal caresses the bottom. Gotta rub okay? it. Caresses, gotta rub it. Show a little love, right? For sure. So in case this is your first time watching the uh, Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey podcast, uh, then you got to know that this is a, a, a hood tradition uh, by tapping the bottom of the bottle. It supposedly stops you from uh, being sick uh, after drinking too much. But at the end of the day, I, again, like I always say, I don't think it works because <laughs> people still get sick after. Uh, look at Angry Principal. He's hey. pouring. He's pouring up. <laughs> That's a gentleman right there. Yes, yeah, definitely a gentleman. Gentleman right there. <laughs> So give it a little sip. Most definitely. See uh, what it smells like. All right, I say. <laughs> I say. <I'll shake. laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Gentlemen. Yeah. This is see this this is what I'm talking about. Now see for for us uh, with with a with a lighter softer palate. I think this is a uh, definitely a great thing for me. Yeah, it's uh, smooth, you know. It's smooth. Yes, sometimes I like that bourbon that's going. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> right, what Marty used to do. Yeah, exactly. yeah but hey, it, it, I can get with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely like this. Um, so angry principal, I see a lot of things mm-hmm. going on. I can see the thought circle above. Yes, <laughs> a right. lot of things going on, and unfortunately, you guys can't see angry principal, but uh, he's there. And uh, what what's on your mind there when you when you first take a sip of that? Man, that vanilla, mm-hmm. that cinnamon, mm-hmm. that spice, and that. that smooth as you can tell that they use with that charcoal filtering. Yeah. That's the difference. I'm not the biggest Jack fan, mm-hmm. but knowing that this has a slightly different taste than Jack, oh, yeah, you can definitely. tell that they did use the same process, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not the same recipe. Definitely right. the same. <clears throat> and I so think totally that, that, spice, that spice is good, too. Like, it's, it's not too much where it kind of shocks you, but it's just enough. <laughs> like, right. You're still drinking this Tennessee whiskey, though, boy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I actually like it, and uh, as you'll as you'll learn in just a moment here, you'll see that it's ranked pretty high uh, on my list. But uh, also too uh, coming up, we've got some ginger beer. Uh, we got some ginger beer that we're going to mix oh, with yeah, it and yeah. see uh, what it tastes like. I'm not ready for it yet though. Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing um, the yeah. folks. A little ginger beer. This is Reeves right here. Just straight up like Jamaicans. Like you can go to Jamaica right now and buy this on the street. Like good stuff right here. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm gonna try that. I've actually never had ginger beer at all, so it's gonna be uh pretty different. I, I love the taste of it by itself though. So I'm not even sure. Like so I obviously I guess you've had the ginger beer with Yeah, you know, uh, like if I'm having like uh, uh Angry Prince was talking about, you know, you have the the uh the Moscow mules, you know, right. well there's a Kentucky mule, a bourbon mule, you know. Okay. Where uh you know, you put a little little ginger beer in it and whatnot. And something like this you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the purposes of the show. Right. But, like, but otherwise, basis, this I know is exactly I, how I'm drinking it right I know, here. You know, I almost don't right. want to. I want to taste it just to see what it tastes like. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you right here. This is, uh, unfortunately, aside from uh, Coppercraft, <laughs> this is definitely uh, a, a go-to for me. And um, and don't don't get me wrong. I will say that initially um, I was drawn to it because of the backstory. I mean, obviously, mm, for sure. uh, as a as a black connoisseur, you definitely would, would would figure that I would would you know go this route because of the backstory. But the, the taste of it though, and Angry Principal, like he got something to say for real about <laughs> no, it. No, it's just that I'm looking at it and some mm -hmm. things that I've been like when they call it talk about the legs mm -hmm. when it rolls up against the the glass you can see it see rolling down as viscous that's what yeah. you want to see sure. out of a liquor so you're not getting that watered down mess yeah and this is one of those that's that's actually got some quality to it exactly uh, you taste that cream when you first put mm -hmm. it into your mouth mm -hmm. and then it rolls into those other flavors and right. it's still lingering it's not something right. that's just yeah. disappearing sure it is a lingering taste that actually you kind of quite enjoy i'm, Definitely. I'm, I'm loving that, it even more it's not the first time i've had it but mm -hmm. i'm even in now that I'm really thinking about it, mm -hmm. this is some good stuff. It's, 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 it really is some good whiskey, and, yeah. and that's the thing, though. And I think that's where I, I got things a little misconstrued before because I think that initially when when I heart, when I tried some of the harsher things, again, I got I got a softer palate, and, uh, you know, some of the more uh, ones with a little more bite, excuse me, they do seem to hit you and then disappear. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was a good thing. Like, I always thought, like, if it, if it hits you and then disappear, that means it's pretty smooth. But just like he said, drinking this, though, it does have, like, a quality, you know what I call it, a quality aftertaste. Because, you know, some some uh, some whiskeys have a horrible aftertaste, yeah. especially scotches. Uh, shout out to Buchanan <laughs> for the worst aftertaste on earth. <laughs> on earth, man, I'm never drinking that again, it's, unless it's here. But uh, <laughs> one more sip here. Unless it's here. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Now... Again, I mentioned this before, just about uh, you know getting into certain circles uh, while drinking, you know, while drinking whiskeys and burgers and pushing into a different category. And I think it is important to kind of focus on you know our own category, so getting ourselves into a category. And when I think about things like that, I start thinking about the things that we aren't really included in, which is a lot of things in America. You know what I'm saying? But one of the things that I don't think is discussed often enough or intelligently enough amongst Black people, not just uh, burgers and whiskeys. But politics, man. I think politics is one of those things that we, we don't discuss often enough. And I think that's why a lot of us are kind of left out to uh, kind of sink or swim on, on certain situations. And I guess my question to, to both of you guys, though, at this point, just looking at the, the outside of politics, like how important is, is, is voting? Like, or, or do we even know how important voting is like for, you know, for black people? I think we're going to have three different opinions here, right? I think we're going to have three different opinions. Exactly. So. You know, first of all, I just wanted to say, some black folks are, they just have so much apathy, apathy towards it, right? Just sure. like, doesn't even involve me, I don't care about it. Right. You know, things are going to be messed up anyway. Sure. You know, things is like this under Bush, things is like this under Clinton, things is like this under Obama, that's how they going to be. Mm -hmm. And then and then some folks um, feel some type of way about it, right? Right. Um, so how important is voting, right? I think it's very important. Okay. I think it's more so important at a local level than, than, than your your national level. Right. Is my opinion. And I also want to say this though, like the last presidential election, and I caught a lot of flack for this, like <laughs> for family, for friends, right. or whatever. I didn't vote yeah. for the for the uh, actual president. Okay. And I didn't because I didn't believe in either candidate, right? right. And I believe that being in a country, so they say, like that's as great as this, and it is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we talk a lot of shit about the United States and whatnot. But in comparison. But, yeah, but in comparison, <laughs> there's really no place else, you know, uh, uh, For sure. that, that kind of holds a candle to it. But in this country, you can tell me Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are my choices. And, right? they're, and they're the best choices. And they're, and, yeah. And, and I just can't get, I can't, the, I can't get behind that. You know, and, and, I, and I get it, right? If you don't vote, that's like a vote for the, for, for the, for the dude we got in the office right now. Like, right. I understand that argument. I totally get it. To me though, it's just I can't get behind like 
you do like you look at the primaries, how it was basically basically snatched from uh, at the time with Bernie Sa- Bernie Sanders when he was real hot then, right? Right. You know, especially in the state of Michigan. You yeah. know, just seeing how all those things play out, it just leads me to believe, like, hey man, this is all preordained. This is how it's supposed to happen. You know. Yeah. So again, getting towards the apathy, you know, my mm-hmm. vote don't really mean nothing. Right. And not to say that if you if you believe in voting, you want to do that, and you feel strongly about the candidate, <laughs> go right. out and vote. Right. I just I chose not to at that time, and that's the reason why. Yeah. That was me though. So okay. you got to think about it, Macomb County, which mm-hmm. won the state for Trump, was a yeah. thirty thousand vote difference. Mm-hmm. If thirty thousand other people got up and voted for Hillary Clinton. Most likely, Donald Trump doesn't win Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's how close it was. Right. That's right. a blip in the number of people that actually voted. Mm-hmm. So, is your vote important? Extremely important. If you don't get up and go vote and exercise your opinion, yeah, I understand you may not agree with the candidates, but think about it. You've got a man in in the office right now that my four year old uh, niece can out argue. Mm-hmm. That's bad. And so now we're in situations where lives are at stake because of some of the stupidity of what's going on. Now, you can believe what you want to about which side of the aisle you want to sit on. But right now, there's stupidity in the office. And that's a far cry from what we had in our last president. And that's hard for me to look at and mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. And all people had to do was get up and go to the polls. That's that's interesting. And I, I definitely I definitely see what you're saying about that. And I, I think I'm on the same side with Bo is saying, like, I think I, I agree with you in saying how important the vote is, but then when the candidates both suck, then then I'm, I'm with him on that side. But I also see what you're saying from a different standpoint, and that's from a parent standpoint. Right. Um, I think that a lot of people look at a lot of things differently when they consider their kids. I think when I'm in a, I'm in a situation where I don't consider like, which is you know, which is crazy, but I think it's, it's easier to consider the future <clears throat> when you got kids of your own and shit. So by by saying that, I just want to I. I I think that a lot of people's voting uh, perceptions will change after having a family. I think a lot of those things will change because not this doesn't only affect you at this point. It really does affect your your child though. Like so for for me, I think that yeah, if I had some kids at the time, I would definitely try to have done anything I could have to make sure that Trump didn't get in office because even though Hillary was the lesser of two evils. Like I think it's gonna be a little easier to for my kids to understand. <laughs> and, and see, okay. that's that's my issue. I'm I'm, so, I'm, I'm tired of that. Lesser I'm tired evil. of lesser I know, terms. I know, I know. Like, that's exactly. But beyond that, you know, there are deeper repercussions to, you're to right. Trump being in office. Now, think yeah. about it. If those thirty thousand votes had gone a different way, I, mean, I can't remember the exact number. Right. right. If those thirty thousand votes didn't go <clears throat> went another way, all of those federal judge appointments that were blocked under President Got Obama. It. And they have been pushed through under Trump mm-hmm. would not happen right, right now. Okay. Right. So if you're getting in legal trouble sometime, you, your child, your grandchild, sometime in the next 30 years, mm-hmm. these are lifetime appointments that are now in office yeah. of people that have no business being, they're ambulance chasers right. that are now federal judges. Right. And they're being pushed through so fast mm-hmm. that it's going to have repercussions on the black community, not now, but for 10, 20 30 years down the line unless you get new federal judges in there mm-hmm. and these are lifetime appointments these are not things yeah, where you get voted out yep. you are in there forever and since Trump has been in office they've pushed through what 150, 200 I don't even yeah, know yeah, the yeah, number yeah. they put down a lot, a lot yeah, of yeah. these federal judges that are going to shape the decisions that go on for this country for for 30 years from here right. now. And now and just listen to this, this whole conversation that we have though this is the conversation that's missing right, and, right. This, and this is what I'm saying like so I think not only is just voting in general, like uh, specifically important, but having these conversations intelligently, you know, it's it's something that's missing from the black community, though. Like, obviously, everybody not going to have, you know, the same uh, level of, uh, you know, intelligence on on stuff. And I know I don't. So that's why I always try to talk to people who know more about this stuff. But this is conversations that need to be had, though. And I think both of you guys have valid, uh, you know, valid points. And I think I never really looked at it, um, honestly, to the way you mentioned it. I never really looked at it that way because I always felt like the judges at my at my state and, and county level were more important. But now when I look at it, though, the judges at that higher level are like, that's the Supreme Court. Like, that's going that's, up to, yeah. that's, that's where it's eventually too, going. Like, yeah, they don't yeah. see everything, obviously. Exactly. You know, the higher level stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you at all, not, not at all, from that standpoint. 
I guess, I guess the way that I, I, I looked at it, even when Obama was in office, and you looked at, you know, there was, you know, Republicans. Nah, you got to say President Obama. You can say Trump. You can just say Trump. But you got to say but President. You got to say President Obama. Right, right. Sorry about that. That's just a sticker. President again. Obama. You know, I didn't agree with everything he said either. But no, I didn't anyway. agree with everything. Was. He was an actual president. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, but I, I will say this. Like, uh, so the Senate, you know, and House, you know, Republican at the time and things like that. And I look back, and this is only one case, right? And I'm not saying this is the norm. I can't, I can't remember his first name, but uh, uh, it would have been Justice Garland, you know, and how they just kind of, the Re- Republicans, I say, and I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, I'm a registered independent. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole lot of views about whatever. Anyway. Yeah, but Set, Mr. Garland Set, was breaking them up in parties. Don't really. Yeah, you know, man. he yeah. was essentially just like dismissed. Yeah. Got totally qualified. Got you know, who, who, highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, I would have thought would have, would have been a, a great justice. Right. And like on some bipartisan type stuff, it's just no, we don't want to do with that. You know, Obama rolled right. as his candidate. So you know, when I when I see that, and I see that the type of federal thing is going, you know, at, at that level. Yeah, so when you break it down into the numbers of 30,000 votes and, and like the biggest scheme of things, like you said, that's not really a whole lot, you know, um, just a question again, is how does my vote matter in that, right? right. This is, they were going to do that regardless of how I voted. That's how, how I kind of saw that. Um, and that's just one instance. That's not everything. I'm not saying that. The other thing, I guess, is where you want to talk Republican and Democrat, right? We get so... I'm not so much just like, you know, Democrats have been pandering us for a long time. You know, yeah. for a long time, oh, yeah, no what's going on. And, and I'm not saying go vote Republican because that, that's definitely not going to happen with me, right? Right. What I'm saying, and again, <laughs> in this country, as, as great as we make it out to be, and they tell us it is and whatnot, right. we want to see a black agenda, right? Right. For so, sure. I mean, why are we still relying on Republican, Democrat? And then when a, a viable or a third party, so, you know, candidate comes in, you know, may not have much steam at first. No, but kind of something they're talking about, right? Why, why not at least pay them some attention? Right. Like try to learn about them a little bit. It's, we automatically dismiss them, right? Yeah, and I'm, not everybody, but for on the most, you know, on the majority. The majority, yeah, for sure. One last thing too. So, yeah, people say it's your civic duty to vote, and it may or may not be that. However, you believe in it. I just want to say that just because you you voted, and I know people like this, and that's why I'm bringing this up. Just because you voted doesn't necessarily mean that. You're changing society for the better, right? Mm-hmm. There's people out there that don't vote, and they do all kinds of things in society and community every day, right? And, and, and they're affecting the community every day. Do right. in the community. And, 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 and it's, it's not black or white, right? right. People, people do both, you know, yeah. and I get that. But what I'm saying before, and, well, I had some family members that, that vilified me for not voting for the presidency, right? Yeah. And before you vilify that person like that, look at what they do outside the box, you know what I mean? Yeah. Look what they do on, on, on their weekend and, on, and after they get off of work and stuff like that, right? Right. How are they helping the community? If at all, you know, you yeah. know, I volunteer. You know, I do things around veterans, boys and girls club. You know, hundred black men, things like that. For sure. You know, that may have a bigger, you know, effect than if I go and cast that vote for for Hillary Clinton. You know, and then, even though she won a popular vote in the electorate, that's oh, you know, that's, that's, that's a whole other answer. Right. How that makes sense? I mean, it's, that's essentially telling me that this old white dude out of Montana, his vote matters more than mine, right? Exactly. Because, but anyway. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna calm down. No, that, that's kind of it's a tricky thing. Man. It, it is, it tricky is a tricky thing, thing but I, I think that it's important to have these uncomfortable, tricky conversations. I think that the fact that that you're willing to stand on, you know, what what you believe in, even though the family is even the family is vilifying. Well, they still that. let me have it too. Yeah. See what you did. <laughs> See what you did. And, and, and I'm not going to do with it. And that's the thing, though. I, I think that. Um, it's just it's really it's really bad when it's when it comes down to the lesser two evils. It's just really bad. Yeah, and and I and I did vote and I did vote for uh, Hillary Clinton and I voted out of that out of that fear of Donald Trump being president. I strictly off of that. I didn't vote on it off of her policies. I didn't vote of uh, uh for it off of the, her record. I didn't vote for it because of what I thought she was going to do for mm-hmm. us and shit. I didn't. I voted purely off of the fear of having Trump as president. And, and that's, but I, but I that's that. bad. But that's bad, though. I'm not even going to say it's bad. I understand it that. It is. Because that's a valid point. Like, but I, I feel like if you vote, though, it can't be, it can't be voting off of emotion. Right. Okay. It's got to be voted off of some facts. So, and I did not. 
So let me wrap this into our actual Uncle Nearest that we're drinking. <laughs> okay. All right, so. I got a circle around. We got a yeah. layer. So Jack Daniels never denied the fact that he learned how to distill liquor from Nearest. Right. He made sure that everybody knew that he learned his craft from Uncle Nearest. Mm-hmm. All right. But as the company goes on over the years and is bought by another company, I wish I could remember the name. They pretty much ignored the history mm-hmm. of Uncle Nears being a part of all this. Mm-hmm. Whereas the actual person, Jack Daniels' name, the person whose name is on that liquor, Jack Daniels, said, no, I learned it from this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They pretty much washed him out of the history books for this particular product. Right. Now, I my fear, and those, those 30,000 votes are the reason that a lot of President Obama's legacy is being washed, washed away, away. Mm-hmm. by the Trump administration trying to figure out how to wipe this man off the map. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. you had the point. smartest guy in the room. The smartest guy in the room was President Obama. They could not figure out how to beat him. Right. And he said, I'm not even the smartest person in my family. Right? Do you realize how scary that is yeah. to those people that quote-unquote call themselves to be in power and happen to be of a different color? Right. That was scary to them. So getting Definitely. him in office was a big deal. You know, when the smartest guy in the room tells you he's not even the smartest guy in his family, mm-hmm. that's deep. Yeah. That puts some real fear in his some people. And those 30,000 people from Wayne County mm-hmm. or Macomb County mm-hmm. or Oakland County that did not go and vote are the reason we have such a difference in what the way the country is going right now. Yeah. That's my problem with people not voting. Not voting. Now, if you, don't you. Want, if you want to vote for Trump, that's on you. So, to wrap this back into Uncle Nears, um, at one point, Jack Daniels never denied the fact that he learned his craft from Uncle Nears. Right. He acknowledged it. He put it out there. He was the first master distiller for the country. Well, first acknowledged master right. distiller. Right. So, even though you had some older brands of bourbon, mm-hmm. to call somebody a master distiller, the one person that's in charge of your entire uh, batch of, of liquor that's coming out, of right. bourbons or Tennessee whiskey or whatever it is, you know, Uncle Nears was that first guy. But once the company was bought by other people, they tried to kind of wash Uncle Nears out of the picture mm-hmm. for for um, for Jack Daniels. Which He's happens n- all the time. Right. Well, and that was the, <laughs> that's the danger of not voting is because now you see Trump actually trying to erase everything that President Obama did right. uh, during his administration. Now, all those people in Kentucky and Tennessee and Arkansas that are taking advantage of the Affordable Health Care Act you know, they're still trying to whitewash what President Obama did. He put something in there that helped everybody. Man. And now they're trying to whitewash, even though they weren't successful, they were still trying to wash all that stuff out of the system. Right. And that's something that you don't want to have. And those 30,000 people that didn't vote in Macomb County or didn't vote in Wayne or Oakland right. caused this to happen. If, he, if, if Trump doesn't win Michigan, the whole election is different. Right. Now you're down to... A constitutional crisis, like you was, like you had with Bush and um, uh, and shit. Gore, Gore, right? You know, because you've got that that those electoral college points in, in play, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was a big deal. Those thirty thousand people made a huge difference. So that's where I say you have to vote. So, so this was this was my question that I was going to ask to both of y'all, piggybacking off of that and piggybacking off of what you said, Bo. It's like, what do you think? Uh, like, so whitewashing, like all the uh, President Obama's uh, accomplishments and the things he had put in place. Do you think that? Do you think it's it's more scary for uh, the the white one percent or the people in, in power of a single black person with that kind of power, or the the whole nation of black people realizing the power that we actually have? Because for for the most part, I think that it's not a person that that's feared. It's the it's it's the 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 what's what's the word? The, it's the potential of power that we could have. It's like it's the the idea of power. I don't think it's the an actual person or an actual movement, but I think it's just the idea of power that's most frightening. See, I agree and disagree with you, right? Yeah, yeah. the idea of power. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I think it is the actual person because to, to to get that power to actually to action on it, right? Uh-huh. You have to have someone that is that is charismatic, that yeah. is intelligent, when you know that mm-hmm. can bridge, you know, two different groups. So even though we're black people, we're, like we talked about before. We know we're black. We're different. We're different. You know, yeah, you know that can bridge two uh, different groups of people together, right? Yeah. Um, so, I think I think it, I think it is that person, um, at least initially, right? Yeah. You know, when you get a, you can get a, a leader like like a Malcolm X or Marcus Garvey or someone like that, right? Um, I do want I do want to backtrack a little bit. Okay. When when you're talking about whitewashing, you know, Obama's legacy and things like that, and you totally see that happen. 
I guess the thing that, that, that kind of upsets me too, and one of the things I'm bitter about, is I wanted, you know, and one thing that stood out to me is you say, Obama did this for everybody. Yeah. I'm selfish. I wanted him to do something for us, oh, like, and us only, right? Exactly. And, 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 and what makes me so mad, and I get mad about it, but, like, I understand it at the same time, is I see Trump doing that for these old white nationalists. For sure. You know, and sure. just like doing it brazenly. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a white dude, but like, he, he, he just do it. Yeah. Like, oh, then, oh well, y'all deal with the shit. So, he told so, you, do the tax break, I'm making all of you a bunch richer. So, like, a whole I mean, lot richer. We talked about uh, a little bit. This was, this was either last week or maybe off camera, I can't remember, but just uh, the, way, the, the way Trump handles things now, like, honestly, I wish that President Obama had a had to took these same actions on his way out. I, under, I, I understand that he may have been fearful right. of being shut down and things of that nature, but once you get to the point where you know you can't run again, like you like why not? I that was my only that was my only problem. And I know this I know we shouldn't probably think like that, but at the end of the day, I do at some point I, I want I want the government, I want the laws to represent me. Like at some point I want it to feel like, yes, we got a black president. Honestly, I love President Obama, but I never felt like, wow, we got a president. And I know that's selfish. I know it, I know it's probably silly to think that, that we was going to get a black president and then all was going to be well for black people. But at the same time, like, it's just like with, uh, uh, with, with Booker, with Cory Booker, right? I was a Cory Booker fan. I say was because it, uh, it was past tense. I was a Cory Booker fan before he ran for president. When he started running for president and I guess... I guess the powers that be intimidated him and he knew that certain things he couldn't say or do anymore. Like, I, I literally it's, seen him backslide. It's, it's that, so much shit. It's that, and, and like, when people are on it, and that's what I was talking about, like, people just expanding, like, I, I guess who they're willing to support and vote for or whatever, you know? Because yeah. when Cory Booker, when he was initially on, 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 like, the local level, grassroots level and whatnot, that's when we really should support him tough, right? Yeah. Then yeah. he gets to, to this national level where it takes that dough really to get in office. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And then, like, if you don't have that dough, you got to do certain things to get it. Yeah. And then when you do certain things to get it, you got to pay them people back. And them people always don't always want to be paid back in money. Right. You know, they, they want certain things, and right? And you end up alienating your core, though. So, yeah. You, you got to remember that President Obama played the long game. He, he did. was the smartest guy mm -hmm. in the room, mm -hmm. and he told you he wasn't even the smartest guy in his house. Yeah. So when he walks out of office, he can't do it. He can't do the Luther and just go off. <laughs> He's got to actually set it up so that yeah. even though we wanted President Obama to go out on some Luther stuff, yeah. he couldn't because he got to set the table for Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Castillo and all these other Castro and all these other guys yeah. who want to come in and Yang yeah. anybody of color that wants to come in and actually and Castro do dropped out right Castro that? dropped out yeah. recently which is so, a decent thing though Yang I think it's a decent Yang, I gotta, I gotta I do like. some more I gotta do some more research and listening to him on a couple podcasts I like Yang yeah. uh, I think some of the ideas that he have are, are, are too pie in the sky for some of our poorer white voters to okay. understand that yeah. they would benefit from it because they can only hear what Fox News tells them. Right. They're locked into what Fox News tells them, which benefits the rich, and they're thinking that trickle-down economics is still going to work for them. That doesn't work. We've already proved it hasn't worked for almost 30 years, but they're still <laughs> locked in right. it, and they can't get past anything that Fox News tells you. If Sean Hannity tells you something, oh, remember, <laughs> Sean Hannity is making $30 million a year. Right. His economic situation is Completely different from somebody different. in Lynchburg, Tennessee, making, what, $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So he's going to tell you some things that you're going to believe because he's a great salesman, but at the same time, it doesn't benefit you in any way. Right. Or, and somebody, right now, or somebody in these Midwest Towns who really think that the cold line is coming back. And that's it. So out of all places in this country, all regions, you know, Andrew Andrew Yang makes the most sense for the Midwest. And I say that because of this, right? He's telling you right now we're in the middle of an industrial revolution. AI, artificial intelligence, is taking over everything. Man, if you don't, it's pricing everybody out. Stay there for one second. If you're watching this podcast and you don't understand that we're undergoing an uh, industrial revolution, then you already in trouble. Like, you right. already in trouble. If you don't understand that everything is moving from from uh, industry over to uh, to AI, if you don't understand that at this point, and you got to understand that that means that all of these manual labor things are going to be, they're going to be gone. Like, if you don't know how to, to do stuff with this AI or to either be in control of it, learn how to fix it, or know how to make it, 
you are going to be in trouble. No matter what politician tells you what what industry they bring back to your area, it's not going to happen. No, because that's no. no. <laughs> All right, so I just want to stay there for you a second. I will keep going. I give you even something that breaks down to real life. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm trying to help my son choose a college. Mm-hmm. He's a junior. He's got to start thinking about it. We're sure. looking at all these HBCUs trying to decide where he needs to go. Right. Every engineer that I've talked to, because he wants to go into engineering, electrical okay. engineering. He wants the actual practical side where you're designing components. Okay. Gotcha. I love the fact that he wants to do that. But mm-hmm. every single engineer that I've talked to have all said the same thing. Go into computer science. Yeah. Go into IT. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with that part before you even get to the engineering side. Gotcha. And that's been the advice I've gotten, I've received from every single mm-hmm. engineer that went in and got their electrical engineer, mechanical, industrial, whatever engineering right. degree. They've all told me, go into IT. We just saw a dude at a Costco the other day that I went to school with. He was my mentor when I was a freshman in, in, at Tuskegee. He literally told me, I'm in IT. He left electrical engineering yeah. to go over to IT. You know, and that resonates with me totally. And maybe that's why I'm kind of, I'm not saying go vote for Andrew Yang for president. I'm not saying that at all, right? I'm saying the dude brings up a brilliant point that more people need to listen to. That, definitely right? research and check into it. Yeah, I work in that industry. I work for, like, the industry leader in that field pretty much, right? right. And, like, I see it every day. You know, it's happening. It's going on right now. I see these, these folks in computer science, in networking, in IT, in cybersecurity, in data analytics. That we're hiring out of college at a hundred thousand, you know, and have no job experience because right. that's where that's where it's headed. That's where it's going, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like you said, you work in your little coal mine or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's not coming back. <laughs> hey, renewable energy energy is real. Like yeah. this wind and it's, like it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah. It, it's gonna happen. Coal and oil, fossil fuels, it's just money in that. Us. But yeah, it's yeah. not on the upswing. It's, it's definitely not on the upswing. Yeah, so it's definitely not Which may be a reason why they're trying to start this little war going on. <laughs> hey, I told you the tried and true formula. Hey. When you're down in the polls, start a war. Start a war. <laughs> All right, so before we get into any more uh, politics, we are going to uh, add a little bit of the uh, of the ginger beer. Now, I've never actually had ginger beer, um, so I've never had it by itself or uh, with a whiskey, so we're going to give that a shot. I'm going to uh, drop me a little a couple of drops in there just to see yeah, what it's like. too much. Not too much. Disclaimer: I do not. <laughs> disclaimer: I do not propose this. I just don't touch. Only, only, this. And, and only this, this is for show. Not with the because this is a really good bourbon uh, whiskey by itself. Yeah, just for the show, we're going to mix it up. Just and and I, if I, I was going to put ginger beer in something, right? So Buffalo Trace is like my everyday go, like go to. Like okay. I spend twenty five dollars on a bottle of Buffalo Trace, and then, you know if I, if I don't feel like drinking it neat, then yeah, I might throw some ginger beer or. Uh, ice or a splash of water or something like that in there, yeah. But something like this, it's, it's no. The most you get out of an Uncle Nears is one ice cube, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you just that one little splash of water just to dilute it, just slightly, just to get the other flavors out of it. Mm-hmm. But this is not the type of alcohol that you would touch. This it is supposed to be, you're supposed to have this neat and call it a day. It doesn't right. taste bad, but I would definitely not recommend blending this only because, like, it really is delicious. I can't think of another way to say it. Like it's it's, it's fucking delicious, dude. Right, so, so it's strange. If you're making the Moscow Mule, you gotta add lime juice. Got lime juice in that way to make your Moscow Mule. Yeah. Okay. So I, the ginger beer and lime yeah. juice is what you would do for the Moscow Mule. Yeah. All right. All right. So look, this is what we're gonna do really quickly. Uh, obviously, uh, we're gonna be getting out of here soon. Uh, so thank everyone for uh, hanging out with us today and uh, enjoying Uncle Nearest with us. Uh, hopefully you've uh, poured up your own glass so you can drink along right. with us. Uh, if you've never had Uncle Nearest, I definitely suggest uh, that you do try this. I know a lot of the uh, whiskeys and bourbons that we try, sometimes I tell you, like, it, it tastes it tastes good or there's a, a certain palate that you that you should probably have uh, because there's some, there some whiskeys and bourbons that I would say wouldn't be go-tos for your first time. Like, definitely I don't think that like let me see what was one that I like Russell Re- <laughs> Russell Reserve I, I don't think is a strong uh, it's not a first time go to strong like with the Uncle Nearest I think you could you could be a novice you could have been drinking uh, cognac yesterday and you can you can venture over to this and I do say cognac because I lived the cognac life for quite some time but please don't <laughs> please don't shot it no shots oh no okay. no shot you gotta drink it you gotta drink it just no, like I, this I, I just I just I got a flashback at the club you know let me get a triple shot of Hennessy you know <laughs> No, no, yeah, shot, no. <laughs> He said a triple yeah. shot. And then, yeah. Triple shot. All right, so look, this is the last show of the year, so we got to talk about the uh, the other uh, whiskeys and, and uh, bourbons that we had. So I've got a list uh, of the eight. All right, so just in case you weren't 
Familiar, uh, we did... Well, I won't read mine because I'm going to read in order. So let's just uh, go through our list. From This is our top eight list. So ranking from number eight up this to number list. one. This is my list, this all right? List. This is my list, right? So uh, ranking from number uh, eight to one. So eight being the least and one being the most favorite, which obviously I think you'll know which one is going to be the most favorite. But in my list, uh, number eight is going to be Glenn Fittich, all right? Glenn Fittich is... A scotch, uh, and I don't think it's the. I don't think it's actually it's the a brand. Single malt. A single malt uh, scotch. Now I don't think it's the actual brand of scotch that that I don't like. I think it's just scotch. I think I just don't like scotch. <laughs> so it could have been any brand. I'm probably. We, I did hear that the. Uh, Spending too much time on number eight. I know, but I did want to say this. I just want to say that I did hear that the uh, Johnny Walker was better. So that's I just oh, all yeah, I want to say about Scott. But Johnny Walker's blended, though. Yeah, it's okay. Not, okay. Not that must be why. All right, so number seven is Jack Daniels. All right. Number six, Russell Reserve. Uh, number five is Four Roses. Number four, which would have been higher other than uh, our discrepancy with the uh, the culture of the owners of the uh, distillery, but uh, Copper Craft. All right. Um, number three is the... Jameson or Jamo as we call it in the hood, which is Irish whiskey. Uh, number two is Buffalo Trace, and number one, of course, is Uncle Nearest. Uh, so that's my that's my list uh, of eight. And I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see what Bo said. I'm gonna see I'm gonna see if, okay. gonna see if anything we, is is similar. We not we not we not totally different. We yeah we yeah. yeah. I know we got totally different palettes yeah. though. So. so at number eight, I got Glenn Finish. <laughs> Number seven, I got Jack. Six, I have Russell Russell's Reserve. Okay. At five, I have Jameson. Okay. I, I love number four, Blank. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna vote Copper. I'm gonna vote Coppercraft present. All right. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. Instead of voting for impeachment, she voted present. So I'm gonna vote present. So don't uh, vote for Tulsi Gabbard. That's my you, opinion. In case you don't understand the DeVos connection. Anyway, go ahead. Oh um, yeah, the DeVos is on <laughs> Coppercraft. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, number three, Four Roses. Number two, Buffalo Trace, and number one, Uncle Nearest. Out of the the, the uh, bourbons and the, the whiskeys that we've uh, done this season, so yeah, definitely Uncle Nearest is definitely number one. Um, Angry Principal hasn't been around for the whole season, uh, but he's uh, he's got a list as well. So we, we got to talk him back, got to talk him into coming back for uh, yeah, definitely got to talk him coming back for sure. Definitely. Hey, look, if you're watching this episode right now, make sure you uh, comment below. And let us know if you want us to have Angry Principal back on the show, man. Because he's definitely oh, coming back. He, he, he definitely better be back, back for the next season, all right? Yeah. But uh, what you got for us? Though? All right, so I'm not a big Irish whiskey fan, so Jameson does does come in number eight. Okay. Uh, number seven is Coppercraft, and as Chappelle said, my blackness will not allow me to do <laughs> X, Y, and Z. So I have to. Once I found out who owns Coppercraft, I had to let it go, even had though I do. Go. I did enjoy it. It has now become. The one that I'll have to mix in with stuff to get rid <laughs> but, of, but and it's, it's still better than Jameson. It's, it's better than Jameson. And but Coppercraft would no longer be on the list of things to do just because of who owns it. So yeah, I, I got it. Like I said, Chappelle said it. My so, my blackness won't let me do so it. It's so good. Though. It is good, it but is good. I found out who owns it. I can't support mm. who owns it. So that's all there is to that. Do I gotta unfollow them on Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah pr- yes. pretty much. Right. So number six is Jack Daniels. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Jack fan, but I love his uncle nearest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number five, Glenn Fittage. If you do do the Glenn Fittage 12 is uh, finished in bourbon barrels, that's some really good scotch. Okay. I'm not the biggest scotch fan, but that one is very, very good. Number four, I went with Russell Reserve. And I have been following along with the podcast and I've been drinking everything mm. that they've been uh, <laughs> recommending. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a true fan. Uh, <laughs> Number three is the Four Roses. That's an everyday sipper if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two would be the Buffalo Trace. Once again, an everyday sipper, along with my favorites would be Woodford and uh, and Eagle Rare. Oh, yeah. But then the number one we'll right now, next yeah, mm-hmm. the one number one right now is the Uncle Nearest. Uh, I've been a fan mm-hmm. for, for since they came out. Once I heard the backstory, then it wound up being a quality product. So that's what I'm going with. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And, and I agree. I think that's the the whole thing. The, the backstory drew me to it. Yeah. But then it's actually good. Like, don't you hate that though? When when like a story hit you to something, and then you try it and it's and it's trash. Like the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Like the Popeye's chicken I sandwich. I had that sandwich. I had one. Captain and I'm not gonna say that it's trash, but it's definitely not worth all the hype. The hype so yeah. so I'm glad to know that the Uncle Nears really was worth all the hype, man. Um, 
So look, we gonna wrap it up. I don't want to get too far into politics because I know it's it's a uh, it is it is political season though, and uh, some things actually. Prime, the Michigan primaries are in March. Yeah, like right around the corner. Right vote, around the corner. Vote, sure. vote, vote, vote. Definitely got to vote there. But before we got out of here, I did want to just mention uh, because you know the, the the things that just transpired uh, internationally. Um, so if you're not familiar with what's going on, um, basically. Uh, and Iran and Iraqi, right? Both, both of them, right? Uh, an uh, Iraqi uh, militia that's that was backed and financed by the government of Iran. Got you. Yeah. Okay. And they actually, uh, uh, apparently, like supposedly, I'm not even sure how. According to the Trump administration. According to the Trump administration, uh, did um, uh, wage an attack on the uh, U.S. embassy over there. So mm-hmm. in retaliation, uh, there were some high-ranking officials. Uh, I, I don't want to say murdered. Uh, I'll say. Uh, assassinated. Assassinated. Yeah, we we'll use that word. We we'll use that word um, by you know Amer- an American airstrike, and I think we're in a position or, now. I'm sorry. Or is Ma- Mike Pompeo the uh, Secretary <laughs> of State, with, or whatever he, he said? Uh, a threat has been removed. That's that the exact exact words. A threat <laughs> has been removed. I I don't know where that's going to leave us at this point, um, but I, I I do know that at some point, as as black people, and I know that we we're trying to protect our culture and figure out where we belong in America. But at the same time, I think that some some situations warrant our attention. Like I think at some point we do have to see a little bit of what's going on internationally. And I only mention this uh, really quickly. Like I said we're not going to stay on it, but I made a post on Facebook. Uh, uh, yesterday, like right after this, uh, you know, right after the event happened, and I was just kind of curious about, you know, a lot, a lot of the details. And then while asking those questions, I just realized, like, you know what? Maybe uh, me myself, and just as black people in general, maybe we do need to be a little more concerned with international affairs. And you may not have to know everything that's going on. Like you might not know every detail, but I think it is important to. Uh, at least stay abreast of some of the information so that we know that, uh, you know, what things might affect us. And this is politically, this is politically anyway, what we're talking about. But the the scary thing about it is, though, is that this is the scary thing about any information. The more you learn, like the scarier this world is. Like, it's just like the more you learn, the more facts, the more information you get. It's just like, not only is it scary, but it's, it's, it's inexplainable, though. Like some stuff just happened that you just can't explain it. Humanity is just a weird thing, bro. It just it just really is. I mean, I don't really know know, know what to say about the whole deal. Like, <laughs> right, that's my so thing. yeah. The dude they assassinated, like, it's, it's a bad, he's a bad dude. He's, he was an evil dude, right? Like, right. the world's probably a better place now that he's not here, right? I, I, I can't say that. Like, and, and and that's also the thing that kind of makes me mad to say that, right? Because. Now these Trump followers are like, see, I told you, I told you he don't take no shit and blah blah blah. This. And like, yes, they should have retaliated because U.S. Embassy was attacked. Like, right, I, I with get rocks that. and Molotov cocktails, right. yeah. drone strikes, yeah. drone, yeah. man. There's right. a level, exactly. That's you want to shoot that. off one or two bullets, fine. Right, there's a but, level uh, of retaliation. But a right? bunch of guys with rocks and Molotov cocktails, yeah. come on, and they got the guard tower. That's it. And, and you know, oh, and, and the only, you know, and I don't say the only thing, but. When it comes down to it, man, like, yeah, they should have retaliated with an appropriate level, you know, like Anger Principle says. But we need to leave people alone. Let them <laughs> Bottom get line. out of their sovereign, you know, like, matters and whatnot. You know, a lot of, you know, somebody trying to commit genocide on whoever or whatnot, yeah. which is really what it seemed like we were doing that time. We were bombing some of these goddamn people, right? True, true. But, um, yeah, just, I don't want to say isolationist, but, like, Sometimes you just got to mind your own damn business. You know Simple what I mean? as that. Simple Take care of your people at home, you know? For sure. And that's definitely something that's not happening. Take it from black people. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating to watch the old formula of start a war, get extra votes, mm-hmm. go into play right now, and do it on the first day of the year. And that's frustrating to watch. Said the same things about Obama at this right. time. Oh, he's going to start a war with Iran to get reelected and blah, blah, blah. And, now and all he did it. was get a peace treaty and, and get the Iranians to actually follow and do what they were supposed to do. Exactly. And then the Trump administration came by and, and washed, out, out, and washed yeah. out of what was happening. So, you know, you, you put yourself in a bad situation and you're making it worse. And now you've got an entire region of people upset at you right. because you bombed some people who... May or may not deserve it. Through a Molotov cocktail and some rocks. Exactly. Some (sighs) some people too, like a group of out of like twenty. Yeah. Out of all the people that are out there, right? You know, right. you know the, the movie that kind of jumps. If you never seen it, the Rules of Engagement. Yeah. Check it out with uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, what's my man for the Fugitive? Uh, the, the white dude. Yeah. Harrison Ford. 
No. Uh, uh, John, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy yes, Tommy Lee Jones. Why? Because I think it's not. I couldn't do it either. Yeah. Watch, watch the rules of engagement. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's not totally like that, but from a group of folks that really, there's really no threat to you, right? You have to, you have to react in some way because yes, they did attack you. Yeah. But I'm not gonna drop. No, them. they protested against you. That's it. They protested. Protested. They didn't right. attack you. I, 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 they attack. protested. I, gotta remember, I'm, I'm former military, so I say attack. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you shoot or throw anything, you attack. You right? attack, right? <laughs> but, but but that does not justify flying a drone that no one sees and no one hears anything like that, and all of a sudden the bombs blows up, whatever. And it's precision and blah blah blah. There's always collateral damage. Right. Always. Sure. I don't care what the government says. Always collateral damage. Man, on that note, though, I don't want to talk about politics anymore. <laughs> we're going to talk about drinking. <laughs> but no, we're going to actually finish this bottle of Uncle Nearest. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that, I, that bottle done. Yeah, that bottle done. I did want to, I did want to it's say... It's not going to make it tonight. Yeah, it's definitely not going to make it. I did want to say this was a great season, man. I want to thank everyone who checked us out from uh, episode one all the way up until episode eight. And uh, if you haven't watched us and this is the first time watching us, make sure that you go to eblockradio.com and watch episodes one through eight. And we will be back. For season two, uh, don't forget too though. If you've got comments and you want some, uh, you want us to try certain bourbons or whiskeys, make sure you just put them in the contact. I mean, I'm sorry, in the contact, in the comments uh, underneath this video, and you can actually, uh, we'll we'll actually do those next season, which will uh, probably be in about maybe a couple weeks. We'll figure. You said he even get the bottle of Pappy. Oh, That's so so about that. Uh, let me call you right back. <laughs> I think I think we gonna have to. No, you know what? We need somebody to uh, to gift us some uh, Pappy Van Winkle. We need somebody to gift us that. We'll take definitely take that as a gift. But uh, make sure that you do follow us on IG. That's going to be Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey. Uh, also, the same thing on uh, on Facebook. And uh, follow myself at Hood Howard Stern. And then follow my man, Big Sebo94. Uh, both of those on Instagram, man. So make sure you check us out. And get ready for uh, Season 2 coming up pretty soon. And uh, we're going to go ahead and devour this uh, number one whiskey, which we all rated as number one. And that's Uncle Nearest. And uh, also, too, uh, don't forget that there's some other there's some other versions of Uncle Nearest. Almost we'll, definitely, yeah. We'll explore those in Season mm -hmm. 2, so make sure you stay tuned. But to the next time, man, you already know what it is. The Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey Podcast, man. Everybody loves BBW. I got, I got my man Angry. I'm about to say Angry, man. Got Angry <laughs> Principal in the building. Support your HBCUs. For sure, man. My man Bo holding it down. I'll show you. And, of course, it's your boy Q Lewis, man, holding it down live from the 48205, man. Salute. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.